But I'm so delighted being here and um, just being part of the family of God gives me joy because I know this is the biggest family I have in the entire world. And I came in on the 31st for the Apostolic Summit and then we had the Global Horizon Leaders Conference which was powerful, God speaking to us, challenging us and taking us to another level. So I've been so much blessed being among you and yesterday I was celebrating my 42nd birthday and, and it was nice. Thank you very much for you know, everything. But this morning, I've, I have a burden in my heart. And, um, you know, there are certain times when God wants to do something. You may, you may not know exactly what, but there's a burden in my spirit. There's something that God wants to do beyond what I know, beyond what you know, because he's so big. There are seasons in life. Now, in each season, we need to be ready. We need to get prepared. In your winter, you, you will not go around with clothes that do not fit the season. Every season has a reason. The moment we understand seasons, there are certain things that will not occur because we understand the season. There are certain damages, there are certain things that will not happen because we understand and we are flowing with the season. I feel God has a plan for this church. Bigger than we have seen. Because anything that has life grows. The plans of God are bigger than your plans and my plans. Our God is so big that sometimes our little minds cannot understand him. That's why for anyone who is in Christ, the Bible says he is a new creature or creation. The old has gone. The new has come. I feel in my spirit there is a new season that is coming to this church. It's, it's not a season that man is going to create. It's a season that God is bringing. Now, in this season, there are certain things that God wants you and me to understand. And I want to speak on birthing the purposes of God in your generation. Bringing forth the purposes of God for your life in your generation. God is a generational God. The God of, the God of. He's a generational God. Now, every one of us 
has a generation, and in that generation, you must save the purposes of God. If you miss to save God in your generation, the next generation is going to suffer. Let's go to the book of Acts chapter number 13. The world is eagerly waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. I always ask a question, where are the sons of God? Because the world is eagerly waiting for the manifestation, for the revealing of the sons of God. Acts chapter number 13 We read verse number 36. Acts chapter number 13 and verse 36. Bathing the purposes of God in your generation. For David, after he had saved God's will and purpose and counsel in his own generation, fell asleep in death and was buried among his forefathers. And he did see corruption and undergo. Now, that's not my point. But David, after he had saved his generation, where you are, God has placed you there for a purpose. In this generation, you must save the will and the purpose of God. God is a generational God, the God of Abraham, the God of Jacob, the God of, we can talk about, he's a generational God. God has a purpose for everyone in the generation he has placed them in. Every one of us, in our generation, we must discover what is the will of God? What is the purpose of God? What does he want me to do in my generation? God does not keep useless things. Just like in our homes, we don't keep useless things. Anything that you have in your house, somehow, somewhere, it's useful. God created you and me in his image for a purpose. Amen. Just look at your neighbor and say, you have a purpose. Just look at them and speak to them and say, you have a purpose. You have a purpose. Do you believe that you have a purpose? The chair we are seated on or you are seated on, there is a purpose. If this chair speaks to you right now and says, I don't want anybody sitting on me. I'm turning to be a, a washing machine. Every one of us will be shocked in here. Because, you know, the, the, the one who made the chair had a purpose. What was the purpose? We need to see it on. Do we, do we even ask the chair that should I sit on you now? We just throw ourselves there. 
Because we know the purpose of the chair is to hold me. I have to sit. Everything has a purpose. Amen? Everything has a purpose. Now, after David saved God's purpose, not his, but the will, the purpose of God, there are many times we are just saving what we, what I, what I feel is right. Are you saving the purpose of God in your generation? Remember, generations will come and they'll go. Now, anyone who does not save, if you don't save the purpose of God in this generation, the generation to come is going to suffer because you never did your work in your generation. Purpose is the reason for which something is created for. For which it or for which it is existing. In other words, when somebody manufactures something, they have something at the back of their minds. They want to see something at the end of the day. When God created you and me, he had a plan. He had a purpose. I think Keith this morning, you know, he said, God says, I know the plans I have for you. There's no better person who knows the plans concerning your life in totality apart from God. He knows everything about you. He knows your yesterday. He knows your today. And he knows your tomorrow. Now, the beauty of knowing the purposes of God in your life is number one, someone somewhere is going to rejoice because you are serving God in your generation, fulfilling the purposes of God. If you don't do your part, if you don't give birth in your generation, the next generation is going to suffer. Now, from my heart, when God created man, he put purpose and is waiting to see this man bring forth. Amen? He's waiting for this man to bring forth. Man was loaded with his purpose. I was, I was, I was joking with someone. I said, Okay, mom and dad told me I was born on the 15th of November, 1972. But actually, that was not my birthday. That was my entry point into this world. Because I pre-existed with God before my mother and my father came into being. So actually, I, I, I was with God before the world was created. He says, I know you. 
I separated you. I called you in your mother's womb. So where you are seated, you are proof that God wants something done by you in this world. The greatest investment on earth is fulfilling God's purposes in your generation. There are many people that are living with unfulfilled dreams out there. And there are many people that are singing songs that I wish it was like, I wish it was like those days. What about now? He's a now God. Now faith is now. What about now? There are generations, there are people out there that need what we have. You have the living God, you have the living Christ in you, you have the hope. There are people that are hopeless out there. They are waiting for someone who can introduce them to the hope of the nations. Jesus, the son of the living God. Now, if we don't bring forth what God has put in us, generations to come are going to suffer. Generations to come are going to die. Fulfillment is not about age, how old or how young I am. It is obeying the voice of God. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Joseph was just 17 years. You can talk about Abraham was... Was it 9700? But still fulfilling the purposes of God in his generation. David, the Bible says after, meaning this generation is going to pass. Now, when it has gone, what have you invested? What is it that is going to be carried over to the next generation? Are we training this generation to become a better generation or a bitter generation? If something is not passed on, we lose the originality of the purpose of that thing. In Africa, most families would divorce because they'll say, we don't have a baby. I want a baby. The man claims most of the times it's, it's the woman who is at the wrong. <clears throat> Even when they don't know. But why do they do that? Because they want continuity. Something they can show. Something they can say, this is man. This is coming from me. It's something that I'm going to pass over. As children of the Most High, as children of God, we carry something we need to pass over to the next generations. If we don't do it now, the generations to come will be in trouble. If you look around the world, this is not about England, this is not about Africa, this is everywhere. We need God than never. We need God in our families. We need God in our families. We need God in our own personal lives. We need God everywhere, marketplaces. But the issue is, the question is, are we birthing out the purposes of God in this generation?
What are we passing to the next generation? The word bathing is the most avoided word in many people's lives. Because there is pain if you're going to bring forth. There is a process if you are going to bring forth. Second Kings chapter 19, the Bible says, They said to Hezekiah, this is the day of trouble. This is the day of distress. This is the day of rebuke. Because children have come forth to be born or to birth, but there is no strength. In giving birth, whether spiritual or physical, one thing is clear. Pain will be there. In a number of years, the Lord has opened my eyes and he has taught me that if you are going to give birth, pain is no more. I want you to hear this from my heart. I'm not just speaking from my mind. If you are going to give birth, bleeding is no more. So if you waste your time, God is speaking to me. If you waste your time binding pain, you are not going to go anywhere. Because if you are going to give birth, pain is no more. Bleeding is natural. What is abnormal is lack of strength. Because if we lack strength, the children will die. When my wife went through the surgery, and the doctor told me, your wife can't live more than six months, there was a big no in my spirit man. Everything in the physical looked like, oh, this is right, because the man knows what he's doing. But in the spirit, there was a big no. Because I realized God has the final word. In anything that happens, whether I am in pain, whether I'm in joy, God has the final word. In giving birth, God opened my eyes to understand that pain is no more. Pain is natural. But when we lack strength, the baby may die. The child is in danger. Many people fear pain, rebuke, and distress. These are normal things in the process of giving birth. Jesus is our example. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he cried. And he said, God, if possible, if this cup can pass away. But he also says, not my will, but your will be done. If we are going to give birth, brothers and sisters, pain will be there. Pain should not kill the baby. Bleeding should not kill the baby. We need strength. Where is strength in evangelism now? In the church of Jesus Christ. Where is strength of intercession prayer in the church of Jesus Christ? 
If we lack strength of evangelism in the church, the church will not grow. If we lack prayer, the church will not overcome. We need strength in prayer, even in evangelism. Hello? We need prayer. There was was a day I sat and I said, God, we we need Pentecost again. We need revival. Not because of us, but because of the generations that are coming. When you look back, what do you see? Some of us, we are what we are today because of our fathers who passed on good things to us and we carry them on. Your dream may die if you lack strength. That vision may die if you lack strength. Pain should be natural. Overcome. Because Jesus said, I have overcome the world. (coughs) I've discovered God will not allow anything that he knows will kill you to come. Anything that he knows or he allows to come, he knows you can handle. He knows you can handle pain. He knows you can handle frustration. He knows you can handle sickness. Hmm, I've been sick for too long. God knows you can handle it and you can overcome. He has given us the blood. He has given us the name. In the name of Jesus, nothing is impossible. There are certain times you need to be radical. There are certain times you need to say no in the name of Jesus. You put the devil where he belongs. When I got that report, when the doctor told me that your wife will not live more than six months, I said no. I started praying like a madman. Here you don't pray like that. I started praying like a madman. I would go without food and my son would come and say, Dad, this is not good for you. I said, son, I've got an issue. And I remembered, is it Hannah who went into the temple and, you know, her lips were moving. The voice was not being heard. Even the priest could not understand. The priest said, are you drunk so early in the morning? says, no, I'm not drunk. I'm a woman. I've got a bed and I've got some pain. I want some answers. And as I'm talking, my wife has been strong, becoming better and better every day. Four years, she's becoming better. Six months for the doctor, four plus years with God. She's becoming better. Whose report are you going to believe? Whose report are we going to believe? When you look at England, when you look at, you know, the world today, what do you see? Where are the hunters of this world? Who would go into the presence of God and push because they want the child, they want the body, they want the crust in them to be shown and people to see that there is a living God who has hope for the hopeless world. Where is the strength for the missions? If you read Isaiah 26, there's something that I discovered concerning giving birth. 
In verse 17 he says, we were like a woman with child. That when the time of delivery came, he says, we gave birth to wind. Now I don't know if you give that a thought. For nine months, the woman carrying the baby, now the day of delivery comes only to give birth to wind. It's very painful. And I sat down and said, God, what are you saying? Wind production is a symbol of nothingness. Nothing to show. Everyone sees you carrying something, but the day of delivery, the day of bringing forth, you have wind, nothing to show, no substance. And yet the Bible says faith is a substance. Do we have what we are passing on to the next generation? I was telling my children, I say, I will not live forever. But the opportunity that God has given me, I want you to know, in everything you do, God must be number one. I said, why are you saying that? I say, these things are facts of life. I think some of us, we know the great man of God, Miles Monroe. You know, is it last week or the other week? He crashed and died together with the wife. Great man. Tomorrow may not be mine. If God has given me a chance to save in my generation, let me save. Bring forth what God has. What is it that you dream of? What is your desire? What has God said? Save because tomorrow may not come. I'm not saying tomorrow should not come, but I say it may not come. But as long as it is called today, save the living God. The world is crying. You may say, I've got trouble. There are people that have trouble more than you have. There are certain times I hear some testimony say, I thought I had trouble. So there are people that have troubles. But in everything we are going through, we need to encourage one another in the Lord to push on, to move on. We need to be like Ruth. We don't need an upper spirit, a living spirit. We need a cleaving spirit, cleaving to the word. You hold on to what God has said. No matter what you feel, God says, I am your great reward. If God be for you, who can be against you? Who? As I wind up, four things that we may need to know when you are giving birth. Number one, pain is normal. My brother, my sister, don't let pain Take away the dream, the desire that you have to serve God. Hold on. See beyond 
is, is it all right? I just speak the way I feel. When, when we look at this room, there's a generation. This generation will pass. What is this generation doing to save what we have? Where are the young people that can carry on that which God has invested in them? Where are the young people that will carry on living word? Is it? Mm. Community church. Where are they? Because the beauty of a father is to make sure that the son or the sons become better than him. That's, that's what I mean. I always tell my children, if you become just like me, then I'm a failure. My sons, my children must be better than me. Who is going to carry on with what God has given you in the next generation. When you look at our community around, they need God. I believe it with all my heart. And this is not like what I put on paper. This is what I feel God is speaking to us now. the young people. Do we have that burden to say we want someone who can carry over what God has put in me. I don't want to die with my greatness, with my vision and everything, go to the grave and my children suffer. If I die today, I want them to be better. Because I've left them an inheritance that no man can give them that which comes from above. Bathing the purposes of God, pain will be normal. That's number one. Don't you ever give up because there's pain. When there's pain, run to Jesus. I'm not speaking my head, I'm speaking my experience. I had, had people who had come to me, pastors, and asked me questions, say, how do you manage? Because for four years, I still have to help my wife. But I still have to preach every Sunday when I'm back home. I'll not abandon the pulpit because of my pain. I will not abandon Jesus because of my pain. I go through it, but I say, God, give me grace. Don't give up because of pain. Hold on to Jesus. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He saw the joy and the pain could not stop him. 
Where are the men and women who are going to stand in the face of pain and say, I know what my Savior has done. I am not going backwards. I am going forward. Even in the midst of pain, you need to move forward. It doesn't matter at what level of pain. In the midst of my wife being bedridden, we lost a baby. We had all the questions and we had, we had all the accusations if you wanted. But we said, God, we thank you. You gave and you take away. Blessed be your name. Number one, in giving birth, if we are going to give birth to something meaningful from above, pain will be natural. Sometimes in pain, we say things we don't want to say. We say stupid things, foolish things. It's all right. But don't lose your focus. Jesus said, not my will, but your will be done. Number two, in giving birth, you must be determined. Be determined. It's one thing to say, I'll go through it. It's another thing to hold on till the end. Until you hold on to the end. you may lose certain things in between. I came to encourage someone, be determined to move forward. I'm reminded of the story of David. His father calls him and sends him to check on his, his brothers. And then he finds everyone, you know, talking and he was worried because there's a story of this giant they are talking about. And he goes and says, hey, can I find out what's going on here? There's a Goliath. There's a man Goliath. His brother sees him say, hey, what are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here. What about the sheep? Do you know men may displace you if you don't know who you are? They may put you where you don't belong. His brother Wanted him to be in the bush. Because he felt he was the hero. We are the men that are supposed to be here. Mm -mm. When God changes seasons, watch out for those that are not counted. Because for Goliath to come down, he does not need another Goliath. He just needs a David. And then they are talking, and then this man comes, and then there's a comp- the whole story we know. And then David says, I am coming to you in the name of. Goliath comes with the javelin and the sword. He says, I am coming to you in the name. The boy David was determined to fight when whole Israel was running away from this guy. We need men and women who are determined in the face of opposition, you say, I am coming in the name of the Lord. Be determined. Just look at your neighbor and say, be determined. Look at your neighbor and say, be determined. Talk to them. 
Amen. Amen. Determination will reward you. Determination will distinguish you. Determination will elevate you. Men that are determined, women that are determined, will always be elevated. If you are not fighting anybody in your life, just know this. Someone is fighting you. I'll say that again. If you are not, if you are not fighting anybody in your life, just know someone is fighting you. What do I mean? There are certain times we want to be good, but even when you are good, you still have enemies. Jesus, the meekest man, he, he, he came to save the world. He still had enemies. I told somebody, say, if your enemy shoots once, don't ask why me. If he attacks you, don't ask why me. Stand up and shoot twice. If he shoots once, shoot twice so that you register your presence to tell him I am still here. Sometimes you think, oh, let me just, no, it's too much. It's not too much when you are to give birth to what God has put in your life. Some irritations are invitation to elevation. I've discovered certain things that we go through, they're just inviting us to go to another level. But the way you respond matters. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Daniel the same. King Nebuchadnezzar came and said, the God of Daniel is a true God. He was determined. He says, I am not going to bow down. I know there is a God in heaven. But he also says, if he does not save, it changes nothing. I would rather die than bow. Determination. He knew his God. There is a God in heaven, my brothers and my sisters. He will never leave us alone. Amen? Number three, we must be hungry. Number one, pain is natural. It's normal. Number two, determination. Number three, if we are going to give birth, we must be hungry for God. If we are going to give birth to the purposes of God in this generation, we must be hungry for God. Where are the hungry people? Mothers and fathers, you look at your children and you don't believe what you see. Where are the hungry mothers and fathers who can take the issues in the presence of God? Look at Psalm 103. Psalm 103 verse 35. As I conclude, Psalm 103, no, 107 verse 35. Psalm 107 verse 35. 107 verse 35. Psalm 107 verse 35. He turns the wilderness into a pool of water and the dry ground into water springs. And there he makes the hungry to dwell that they may prepare a city for habitation. 
I've discovered politicians will not build the city. It is the hungry people, men and women, loaded with the purpose and the goodness of God, who will build the city for habitation. Where are the hungry people? Hungry for the presence of God. Not coming to church, but the presence of God. You are hungry because you want God. You go to pray because you want God. You are not going to pray because you've got a list of items you want from God. I am not going to God like God, I want, I want, I want. I am going to God and say, God, I love you. It's not I want, I want. If you check on our prayer list, most of the times, we've got 10. I want, I want, I want, I want. Only two. Thank you. Thank you. But where are the hungry people that look at the community and they are hungry for more of God? They want to see the community saved, changed for the glory of God. People like Moses who says, we are not moving an inch without your presence. Amen. We are not moving an inch without your presence. Where are the people that can cry for the nations, the cities to be revived? When you are hungry, you are determined. You become determined because you want to see something happen. And anyone who is determined in life, pain will not stop them. Nothing stops them. They would say, I would rather die because I know there is a God in heaven. We must bring forth. We must give birth. Hungry people establish the city. Hungry people prepare the city. It's a community of people like this that will change the entire city out there because they are hungry for God. Who is God speaking to right now? What has God said? And what have you done? Do you remember those days? Days of traveling in the presence of God? Do you remember how you witnessed? Do you remember how you prayed? What has happened? I think God is speaking to some people here. What has happened? You are not alone. May God revive us again. Let's not lose our focus. <coughs> what are we giving birth to? The psalmist says, I want to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold all the days, just in the presence of God. I've discovered in the presence of God there is healing. In the presence of God there is deliverance. In the presence of God there is fullness of joy. In the presence of God there is strength. If you're lacking strength in the spirit man, go in the presence of God. He is our strength. He is our everything. He is what we need now. 
He is what the generations to come will need forever. Because it does not change. The same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus, the son of the living God, will never fail you. I came to encourage someone. If you forget my name, just remember that black man who came from Zambia said, <laughs> if you are going to give birth, number one, pain is natural. When you go through pain, don't let pain kill the baby. <coughs> number two, be determined. Number three, you must be hungry for God. If we had time, I was going to say, we also need to be worshippers. Worshippers are lovers of God. Men and women who love him because of who he is. Worshippers will always be in the presence of God. I told someone to say, before I preach, I'm a worshipper. I love him. I know he does not change. Even the message that I want to the people, it's in the presence of God. I challenge you, brothers. Give birth to what God has put in you. Don't let that die. Don't let it. No matter what you feel, it's not about feeling. It's about what he says. What is God saying? Look at that family and say, in the name of Jesus, devil, whatever you have tried to do in my family, I stop it in Jesus' name. You have the authority. He has given us authority. He has given us power over all. Not some over all. We trade, we trample upon snakes and scorpions. Rise. I said, God, I am not giving up in the face of pain. I am moving forward. I want to be determined. I want to see my generation affecting this generation so that when I've gone, they'll look back and say, there was a man, there was a woman who gave us these principles and we are pushing forward. Don't give up. No matter what you hear, don't give up. Open your spiritual eyes to what he's saying. Let your spiritual antennas be open to what he's saying. I want us to pray together. And I believe God is speaking to some of us in here in a very deep way. Some of us, God is saying, it's time to come back to a place where you belong. Don't give up in the face of trouble. Some of us, God is saying, where has that hunger, the longing for him gone? He's speaking back to us. And I feel a season that God is preparing this church to, it's not just a simple, small season. It will need men and women who are hungry, sold out, and say, God, I am available. Whatever you want to do with me, I am available. Hallelujah. I want us just to bow our heads together. My sister, just come on the piano.
give you praise. I want you to look at your life. And I want you to hear God in what you know, I've been bringing forth, bringing forth the purposes of God in your life for this generation. What are you leaving by? What are you leaving behind? Where are you? What is God saying? Jesus, we love you. Jesus, I 
We are hungry for you. We are hungry for you, God. We want you more. Father, I want you more. Just more of you our lives, our families, all of you. May the Lord be with you. May the Lord touch you. May the Lord wipe away those tears. May the Lord give you strength. May the Lord break through for you. May the Lord make a way for you. May the Lord remember you just like he remembered Hannah. May the Lord remember you. I declare may your spirit man be revived. May you be taken to another level. Anything that has been stopping you to breaking through, I cut it in the name of Jesus. I release healing in that body. I release healing in that body. 
that sickness, that spirit of sickness and disease, I break it in the name of Jesus. Be healed. There's somebody God is healing right now. Complete healing in the name of Jesus. Give you praise. The Lord has just heard somebody's prayer. There is fulfillment. There is fulfillment in your life that is coming in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for this church. Living Word, community church. I pray the borders, the boundaries, the walls that have limited them are removed in the name of Jesus. Let there be a new season. Father, thank you for the young people. Thank you, Lord, for the men, the young women, and the old together. Seeing the day of the Lord coming, I pray there will be such a season that we, we, we will see the goodness of God even in the land of the living. May the Lord open your eyes. May the Lord give you a desire. May the Lord increase in you. May the Lord protect you. And may the Lord open doors in Jesus' mighty name. Father, I thank you and I bless you in Jesus' name.